Today we're talking about listening. We're talking about listening to God when He speaks to us, because that is a huge part of prayer. And as we have every single week during this series, let's jump in and read the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew 6, 9-13. It's going to be up on the screen. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so as we've been um, growing in our prayer life over the course of this series, I hope that you have been able to kind of see a difference in your relationship with God. I hope that you felt that you've just grown closer to him. I hope you feel more mature in your relationship with Jesus. Because truly, our prayer life is what really matters when we're talking about like communion with God. When we're talking about being in a relationship with Him, we have to talk to Him. And so today we're going to be focusing on the part of the Lord's Prayer where it says, give us today the food we need, and specifically the food we need. And we kind of talked about in week two about petition and asking God for the things that are happening daily in our lives, the things, the, the needs that we have. And so we're going to be talking about that today as well, but we're going to be looking at it in a different way because we're going to be talking about the food that we need. And so obviously when we say give us the food we need, we're talking about God, meet my daily needs, provide for my family, provide the things that are happening each and every day. But there's a story about Jesus that we read in in same book in Matthew before this, where he's out in the desert and he's fasting. And the Bible says that the devil comes to tempt him. And so what does he do? He tempts Jesus with the own power that Jesus has. And he says, to the, he says this to Jesus. He says, if you truly are the son of God, then turn these rocks into bread. You're hungry. There's nothing wrong with that. And so Jesus' reply is this. And it's going to be on the screen. It's Matthew 4, 4. And then just the last part. It says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus understood that deep down inside Deep inside of our souls, inside of his soul, it wasn't food that provides life. It's not food that provides the true meaning of life, but rather it is the very word of God speaking through God to us that provides us life. That provides us that deep down feeling in our lives that says, you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. That's what provides us life. As we could eat all the food we wanted, but that's not going to give us life. That will sustain us for a time but it's the very word of God that provides true life. And so today is going to be all about listening to that very word that comes from the mouth of God. How do we listen? I think of times in my past where I really wanted to hear clearly from God about decisions or moments in my life where I just wanted direction or wanted to know something or I wanted to be led somewhere. And so a few instances, when I was graduating from high school and going to college, I had a a scholarship to go to Eastern Washington University. And it was just this like thing, like a good opportunity to go there. And I remember just praying, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this going to be fruitful for me? Is this where you want the course of my life to go? Because oftentimes when we we choose to go to college, that's kind of going to change, you know, what our major is, where we're going to go, what our life is going to look like from there. And so sure enough, I ended up not going, and I did this internship at my church. And I thought I was going to be in that internship for like three years and then go on to other things on that course of 
that vein of life. But then something happened in the, during that first year, and then they decided to go to a different university, Northwest University in Kirkland. And so the same process, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you're providing for? Is this where you want me to be? Is this going to send me on the path that you want me to go? And so those questions are just listening, God, what do you want me to do? And so that sent me down another path. And so then I think of another opportunity where I was just really seeking, God, is this what you want me to do? When I was getting married to Danny in 2009, while we were still dating, I had to decide, is Danny the one I want to marry? Or like, if it's not, why am I in this relationship? And so there was this moment and time period where I was really asking God, is this the course for my life? Is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do with my life? And so you make those decisions. And so I got married, you know, and and it's been good ever since. But then you have hard times in our lives. You know, we've talked multiple times about the situation with my mom and her cancer and her passing away last year. And there's just this moment where you ask God, why is this happening? What course of life do you have for this? Why, like just, you have all these questions and you, so many times we petition God, we intercede for God, we ask him things, we're constantly just throwing, lobbing these like just expositional prayers to God. But when do we stop and just sit and listen for God to speak to us? When do we just rest and say, God, speak to me because I don't understand. I could give you every prayer but I just need to stop and let you speak. And so I don't struggle to tell or ask or cry out to God with the things that are going in my life. But what I do struggle with is just finding time to listen and to understand what he's speaking to me and understanding what he wants me to do after I hear him. And so you might say that you might not be spiritual enough to hear from God. You might be here today and you say, well, I've never heard a heavenly voice How do I know if God's speaking to you? Or you might be here and just, you're just not expecting to hear from God. Whatever circumstance you come into this place here with today, the big idea that we're going to talk about today is that God is speaking to you. And that's our big idea, is that God is speaking to you. So some of you students, you might be in school, and there might be a situation at school, and you're, you're just saying, is this what God wants me to do? Is this something that God wants to, like, me to do, whether it's a decision about your future or whether it's just a decision for that week. Maybe you're in the middle of a job right now and you're wondering, is this what God has for me for the rest of my life? Does he want me to look for a new position? Does he want me to stay put? Does he want me to invest my time, talents, and treasures where I'm at or do I need to look other, other places? Maybe you're faced with health issues and you're asking God, what can I do to find healing? What's my next course of action? Or maybe a common prayer for you and maybe a common prayer for all of us is just simply asking, God, who have you made me to be? Who am I? Who, who have you told me to be? How, like, how do I know even to take the next step forward in my life? Is there a purpose for me on this earth? Listening is so important because it's when we complete our side of the conversation. God is always speaking to us. As we've said, God is always listening to us, as we've talked about in past weeks. But when we finally take the time to listen, then we've shown God that we actually care what he's saying to us. So if God is speaking, how do we hear him? And so we're going to look at a story in 1 Samuel. It's a book in the the Old Testament to help illustrate this. In chapter 3 of this book, we read about a a boy named Samuel. And so it's all about him, 1 and 2 Samuel. You kind of like 
read this course of history over Samuel's life. And Samuel's a boy, and basically from birth, he's been dedicated to the work of God. And so he's training to be a priest. Samuel is sleeping in the temple and at the time of this story. And the Lord suddenly calls out to him, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't know what God's voice sounds like. And so what does he do? He goes to his like, mentor, the high priest Eli, and he says, what does he say? He says, here I am, for you called me. That's his reply. And so Eli says, no, just go back to sleep, go lie down, like I didn't call you. And so then a little while later, again, a second time, God says, Samuel. And so the second time, Samuel goes to Eli and he says, here I am, for you called me. And yet again, Eli responds, no, 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 go back and lie down. You're messing with my sleep. Let me sleep. And so we pick up the story in verse 8, and we, it goes like this. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? So then Eli really realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And that needs to be the posture and the attitude of our hearts when we're praying to God. Is that we need to have times during our prayer to just say, God, speak to me because I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, because I want to hear from you. Speak to me, Lord, because I want to go down the direction that you want me to go down. It's vitally important to know that God is speaking, but it's also important that we are able to recognize his voice. And God can speak in a number of different ways. God speaks audibly. God speaks through people speaking into us. God speaks through the Bible when we open it up each day. God speaks when we're worshiping Him, when we're sitting here singing and we're just, you know, like basking in the presence, reading those words on the screen and letting them touch our hearts. God is speaking to us in those moments. God speaks to us when we step out of the door, out the door on mornings like this morning and you can see the mountain and you're just looking at God's creation. You're saying, wow, God, like that speaks to me. God speaks to me when maybe we're out on a walk or a run and we're just zoned out trying to put one feet in front of the other unless you're really good at running and it's just natural to you. But I have to choose every step when I go running. And it's like God can speak to you in those moments because it's a moment that you can just listen to him. God speaks through the laughing cries of children. God speaks through the cries of people. And so that's when we can hear him, but hear his voice and choose to respond to those things. God can use any of these things to speak to you. It's not one or the other. And so this is the importance of listening to him. And so today is not so much about how God speaks, but rather how we can posture ourselves to listen and what we can do when we hear what he's saying. God is speaking to you, but are you expecting to actually hear from him? And so we could list off and brainstorm. It would be fun to do. List off and brainstorm every way that God has spoken to us or will speak to us or has ever spoken before. In every way we could do that. But if we have not within ourselves that desire to hear him, then all of those ways don't even matter. We have to desire it. We have to decide and understand to say to God, speak for I am listening. And so how do we listen to God? And so thought one today is that we need to slow down. And so when we say slow down, 
So pretty simple. But what do I mean by that? That's creating time and space for God to speak to us. We are a culture that is honestly addicted to busy, and that addiction tries to rob us of the most important times in our lives, whether that's with our family, our friends, or our loved ones, because we like to fill our time with things that just keep us going. Sometimes we're so regimented in our schedules that we can't even find time for the things that matter most to us. What do we have in our life where we say, I'm giving time, I'm giving my efforts to something that is good, but it's not necessarily something that is the best. And that's what we do when we make space and we make time. We're saying, God, I want your best for my life, and I want to pursue the things that you want me to pursue. I want to invest my time, my talents, and treasures in the things that matter to you. So we need to learn to rest and listen. To just say, God, I want to rest in your presence. And so this is a daily thing. This is a weekly thing. That's why we have the Sabbath day is what it's called, where on the seventh day, God rested. We too need to rest. We need to set aside a time in our weeks where we're saying, you know what? This isn't about work. This isn't about my schedule. But this is about resting so that I can give my time to what is best in my life. And that's God, that's family, that's the things that really matter in our lives. We need to think about this in a monthly way. Maybe there's a a week or a few days where you say, you know what, I'm going to take away the distractions. I'm still going to work. I'm still going to go about my schedule. But I'm going to choose to make time and space to be available to God speaking to me. Maybe that means turning off social media. For a little bit. You know what? I'm not going to listen to the loudspeaker of opinion for three days, and I'm probably going to be better for it. But sometimes you need those detox moments. In yearly, this is really important. When we say, you know, I'm going to take a week or two weeks or whatever works for you and your family to where we're going to go on a vacation, we're going to rest and see if we can't listen to what God has for our family. And basically, the principle that lies behind that is margin. Basically, the space between what I have and what I'm spending. And we shouldn't spend what we don't have. And a huge part of that is our time and our space that we give to God. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. We need to learn the spiritual practice of silence of just sitting in the presence of God and just shutting our mouths, shutting our minds, and saying, God, I just want you to speak to me. Or I'm just going to stand here in silence for God. The silence we're often scared of. Like, even if I wait like three seconds without saying something in the microphone, I get antsy. It's like, this is weird. But have you ever even been driving when you just turned off the radio and just stopped and listened to the hum of the engine and just rested, even on your commute? And so I imagine when I'm in these moments, I just imagine God grabbing me by the shoulders and if needing need to be, like she just shakes me and he's like, look at me, look at me and just sit in silence And just imagine God speaking into you. When I was going through the roughest time with things with my mom, there would be moments where I would just sit 
and listen just to let God remind me about who I am. That God loves me, that God loves my family, that God loves my mom. But that's important for us to have those moments, no matter what we're going through, to be able to just say, God, I want to listen for you to speak to me and tell me who I am. I want to know that you love me. Don't be afraid of silence. Don't let anxiety or burdens rise in those moments, but let that peace and quiet and the peace of God just wrap you up and know that God is near. Let the presence of God be all that you're focused on in those moments. Let God speak to you. So we need to slow down. We need to create time and space for God. But we also need to soften up. And that's thought too. Soften up. And so if, if slowing down is about time and space, I think softening up is about our posture and our expectation of God when we're listening to Him. We can create all the time and space for God to speak in our lives, but if we are not in a posture to hear or in an expectation that God is actually going to speak to us, then it doesn't matter what we set up in our schedules or what we do. We have to actually sit there and have in our hearts a posture that says, God, I'm ready for you to speak to me. And so this is hard to explain, but I think we've all been in conversations where maybe we're at work or in our families or whatever, where you're speaking to someone and they come up to you and they just say a bunch of stuff to you, like whether it's do this, do that, do this, do that, whatever, a laundry list of things, or maybe they're telling you about their week. And then when it comes to you, you start speaking and the person just begins to kind of like look just past your like eyes on either side and they begin to kind of like, just kind of like fidget a little bit, or they begin to look at their watch, and you're like, I just listened to you intently, and now you're not even listening to me. You're wanting to get on to the next thing. And so when we're talking about a posture, and we're talking about an expectation, it's sometimes I think we do that to God, where we give God our list of prayer requests. We give God the things that we're interceding for. We're asking God, we're praising God, and then right when we're finished, we go off on the rest of our day, and we never took time to let God speak into us. It's as if we're like, ah, I got to get to work, God. I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you for these things, but now I got to go to work. If we don't set aside time for him to speak to us, then we're missing out on a huge aspect of the conversation. All throughout the ministry of Jesus, there would be times that he would tell a parable or a story And he'd finish it off that story by saying this phrase, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And you would say, well, everyone has ears. Most people aren't deaf. So everyone should understand what Jesus is saying. But that wasn't the case. You'd get these two groups. One is the righteous people, the people of the religious law. And they would hear these stories and they just wouldn't understand or they would be offended by them. And they would miss exactly what Jesus was trying to say. And then you have on the other side a group of fishermen, of normal people who are not upright in any sense of the word. But they're following Jesus because they like the way he's living and they like the way that he loves people and they understand the story, or they're humble enough to go to him and say, God, what did that mean? Jesus, can you please explain that parable? 
And Jesus would often say, if anyone has ears to hear, they need to listen and understand. And we need to listen and understand, but we also need ears to hear what he's saying. And the way that we do that is by working inside of our hearts, by confessing God maybe to some things that we're walking through in our lives. You know, we've been talking about how we can pray and structure our prayers every day if, if prayer is something that's hard for you. And we talked about this ap- acronym that's P-R-A-Y, pray, really simple when you're praying. And the, the P starts for praise. The R start, stands for repent, where we would confess our sins and just say, God, I repent of this. I want to turn away from this because I know it's distracting myself from you. Well, that's what it is when to create a posture of being able to listen to what God wants to speak into our hearts. We need to repent. We need to turn away. We need to set our hearts towards Him. And then A is uh, ask, like where we're talking about petitioning and interceding. And then Y is yield, which we'll talk about at the end of the service today. But last week, Thad really hit on saying to God, not my will, but yours be done. As followers of Jesus, we have to humble ourselves and really walk in that posture that says, not my will, God, but yours be done. That's the posture that we need to walk in. That's the humbleness we need to walk in in order to hear from God about what he's speaking to us. 1 Peter 3.8 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude. Be tender-hearted. Have a soft heart. Soften up to be able to hear what God is saying. Approach your prayers to God not thinking that you have it all figured out, but thinking that I need to hear from God to figure it out. Approach God in your prayers not saying, I have the plan for my life, but rather saying, God, you have the plan for my life. Keep a humble attitude, not my will, but yours, Lord. And so we've slowed down, we softened up, we've given God room to speak, and we are expectant for what he's going to say, and maybe we're at a point where we're beginning to hear God. What do we do with that? How do we know that that's truly what it is? Thought three is follow the ABCs. And I'm going to tell you about the ABCs. They're easy as one, two, three. (laughs) Um, These things that can help us when we begin to listen to God. What can we do? Well, A is get advice from wise Christians. Bounce ideas off other followers of Jesus to see if what you think you're hearing is actually from God. And so I, was, I remember when I was really getting serious with Danny when, you know, I pretty much knew it was either going to marriage or it's going to be a really bad breakup. And so uh, you, you, you want to have that conversation. I remember sitting with my friends and like just having, not like, hey, do you think I should marry Danny? It wasn't that explicit. But there would be times where I'm just talking with friends. I, I actually lived with some uh, good friends of mine that I grew up with. Um, strong Christian people. They're my best friends, and so they got married, and so I was living in a spare bedroom that they had, and just through conversations and talking about Danny and talking about our plans and things that we had planned for, we'd have these conversations, honest conversations, you know, about where we saw each other in five to ten years, and it's when you have these conversations, when you begin to bounce these things that you really feel God is telling you, where you begin to get a sense of direction, like, yeah, like, that's, that's good, 
And my hope is that if Danny wasn't the one for me, that they would begin to raise up red flags. They would say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about, like, that Danny's a murderer or something, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I'd hope they would bring that to the forefront if I'm having these conversations. Because oftentimes when we're hearing from God, when we think we're going down our directions, we have blind spots. We have things that we just can't see. But our Christian friends, the people that know us and know our relationship with God, can say, you know, you tend to have a blind spot for this area in your life. You need to kind of open your eyes to that a little bit. And so sometimes, and it's not just to say that, like, every decision is going to be as simple as that or as complex as that. But we have to come with the posture that, like, I'm not going to talk to my friends and think, hey, this is what I'm doing, and you're not my friend anymore if you don't agree with me. We have to come even to our relationships with our Christian brothers and sisters and say, you know what, I'm offering this to you to give input, to give insight, and to mold so that we can even be a stronger community of believers as I'm walking through these decisions. So this is vitally important, but it comes back to our posture and our heart and being humble with one another. For B, is it biblical? The cool thing about listening to God and knowing what He is saying is that we have a lot of Scripture to apply those to and to go back and say, if God's telling me to do something crazy, I better go to the Bible and see if he ever said not to do that thing, and you probably shouldn't do it. This is a really good rule of thumb. If he didn't tell you to do something in the Bible, you probably shouldn't do it now. And so it's really important, because this is where, honestly, weird things begin to happen, and where the Christian church gets a bad rap is when people go and do things in the name of God that God never said to do, and then God never condoned. And we don't want to be on those extremes, but I'm really talking about simple things. Like when you're talking about how to raise your family and you're really praying about something and you get to a point where you want to maybe take your family in a direction or a step and you would go to scripture and say, is this biblical where I think I'm going to lead my family? Is this biblical where I think I'm going to lead my marriage? And so it plays into every single decision that we make. Every time that we come before God, when we're praying, we get to ask God, is this biblical? And so when we're listening and finally hearing what he's saying, we have to ask our friends who are wise counsel, but we also need to look to the Bible. It's very important. Is it biblical? And then finally, listen to your conscience. We have other Christians, we have scripture, and then we have a spirit-led conscience that lives inside us if we've chosen to follow Jesus. We're told plainly that the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, lives in us. And that's a spirit-led conscience that we now have in our lives to help guide us when we're listening to God. And so this doesn't mean that like, you think of a decision you're going to make, you know that your Christian friends aren't going to like it, you know that it's not biblical. That doesn't mean, but it really feels good and this is what I want to do. That doesn't mean your conscience wins out. That means you should be listening to what is biblical. You should go back and listen to the advice of your Christian friends and then you should think otherwise. That's your conscience speaking to you to get right and get back to it. 
And so it's really important. We can't just let our conscience guide us. We have to let it fall in line with Scripture. We have to let it fall in line with wise counsel as well. And so we've listened, we've gone through this thing, maybe we have a decision and we, we think our, you know, our wise counsel has, you know, agrees with us and are supporting us, they're praying for us. And I, I forgot to say that, when we're getting wise counsel, the cool thing about that, like, I think of our, my group, like, that I am, or my open life group that I'm a part of, when we give prayer requests, a lot of those are like life things that we're walking through and we get to talk about them and we get advice or we just get prayer for it. And a huge part of that wise counsel is them interceding for us, as we've talked about in past weeks. And so we get to this point where we say, I'm listening to God. What do I do next? And so we're going to land on thought four today, and that's act on what you've confirmed. Like, you've confirmed that God's speaking to you and telling you to do something or telling you to go in a direction. It's, be, it's now time to act. It's time to take action. And so there's an important aspect to listening that leads to action. If we take what we've heard from God and just sit on it, then did we really hear him in the first place? I kept thinking about the expression, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? If we've slowed down, softened up, heard from God, got advice, applied it to Scripture, and dwelled on it with our conscience, but do nothing then did God ever really speak to us? There's people that think that God doesn't speak because there's Christians who are not acting when they know God is calling them to do something. When we read scripture and see things God has told us to do about loving people and being there for people in their times of need, but we don't do it, there's people that are looking at our lives and they're saying, wow, God just must not be present in this time and in this time of history. God doesn't speak to people anymore. But when action begins to come into our prayer life and we begin to do things, it shows that God is speaking to us and we're communicating with him and that he is a real God who loves us and is pushing us forward to do good deeds. And so I thank God that people have heard God in my life and acted on it. I thank God for Thad. You know, he was my youth pastor when I was a kid. He dealt with a lot of crap for me. Let's just be honest. When I was a kid, I had messed up stuff in my life and rough situation of questioning God, but he was there. Other leaders were there in my life, and thank God that he acted on a calling that he had on his life. Thank God that he felt called to start open life and that we're all here today because of that. Thank God for my parents who chose to raise me up in a way that honors God. Thank God that I married Danny, you know, like I'm thankful for that every day, that we listened to God, we felt God give his blessing, and we chose to walk through it and go forward in our marriage. Yesterday, I was at the Y at a fundraising event, and it was really cool because they get up and have people tell you about what the YMCA means to them. I work there like one night a week, um, and so, just so you know why I'm talking about the YMCA, but um, I was there at this thing, and so someone gets up, and they begin talking about um, a foster child that they had, and just the impact that the YMCA had on, because the, the Y gives a bunch of benefits to foster kids, whether it's a free membership or, you know, all these things, and just how much it meant to them to come to a place where they felt welcomed, and they could, you know, leave their kids, and the, the people were understanding of all the issues that are revolving around foster care. Well, come to find out, this lady has been at Open Life before, 
talking on one of the weeks we've been here for foster care, and I'm pretty sure the Wagners had this child in her home. And it was just this crazy, like, aha moment where I was like, wow, thank God for that woman and that family who chose to foster care. Thank God for people who chose to listen to the Word of God and do something about it and act on it. Thank God for the community Big Give when we have the opportunity in a month to like bless people with Thanksgiving meals. It's one meal out of the year, but for those people, it's really cool and it's awesome to be a part of. Thank God that people are doing what God has called them to do. And so I hope that challenged you today to think, what has God been speaking to me? Maybe I just have never let God speak to me to be able to push me forward into action into a part of my life. And so as we come to this action point today, it's very simple. It's make time to listen to God. So for some of you, that might be time and space. For some of you, that might be posture or expectation. For some of you, it might be knowing something as God is telling you, but you need to start bouncing it off other people's minds. You need to start getting into Scripture and see how God has sent you forward. You need to start your conscience to let it just like swell up inside you. Say, I need to be led to action. But this is the God we serve. We serve the God who speaks. God is speaking to you. And so a way that you can fit it in your prayer life, if, this, if prayer is new to you, and you maybe you've been going home and you're saying, I'm going to praise, repent, ask, and yield. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. And you've walked through those things. We talked about repenting and what it means to soften our hearts. But where do we listen? Where do we fit in listening? Well, this is where yield comes in. Where we get to the end of our prayer, we've praised, we've adored Him, we've asked Him for things that are in our lives, we've repented for what we've been dealing with, And then we come to the point where we just yield. And it's just a time of resting and say, God, not my will, but yours. And it's a time for us just to listen to God and say, what are you calling me to do? What are you speaking to me? What am I hearing? And so each day this week, whether you you pray at night or in the morning or whether you pray during the day, you can fit it in wherever. But just those moments of, God, I want to hear from you. Make time to listen to God this week. We can't skip the importance of just listening and basking in His presence. We're going to be singing Sinking Deep. This, we sang it earlier, but it's just this song where you just, you're sinking deep into the presence of God. And some of you, maybe you've never just felt that presence in worship. It's just never connected with you. As we're singing today in response. Let's just sink deep in the presence of God and say, God, speak to us. And so God, that's what we do today. We don't want to give a lot of prayers. You know the needs that are in our hearts. You know the things that we're dealing with, God, but we specifically want to cry out to you today, God, just to speak to us. Tell us where you're leading us. Tell us where, how you want us to lead our family. Show us the things that you're calling us to do. Just bring our conscience to just move in our hearts to know that we are called to action. Whatever it is, I pray, Lord, that we would just know your voice, but not be so prideful 
to cast it aside, to not be so prideful to, to come with you with the plan, but to let you show us the plan and move forward. God, let us have soft hearts. Let us have that time and space in our lives to just rest in your presence and to hear from you. God, we ask this in your mighty name.